Welcome to Business of Design. Business of Design is the world's best business training for interior design professionals like you. The Business of Design podcast offers immediate, actionable strategies and a glimpse into some of the many field-tested, proven systems you can implement to transform your business and your life. After the show, head to businessofdesign.com and get started with the BOD 15-step project management strategy and six foundational programs. Together, they deliver the systems, procedures, and strategies you need to run a successful, highly profitable design business. There's no theory here. The complete BOD business model is yours through Business of Design membership. Business of Design. There's only one. And now, your BOD Advocate-in-Chief, Kimberly Selden. Well, hello, you fabulous interior design professional. Welcome to Business of Design, episode 318. And you've got the brains today because Cheryl Hort is here. Hi, Cheryl. Well, that's that's an intro to live up to. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> well, it's funny. You know, uh, you have said several times now that we are getting inquiries for coaching calls about people who are concerned about filling their client pipeline. It's been slammed busy for three full years, and now it seems to be for some people slowing down a little, and that can cause everything from like mild confusion to a full-blown panic attack, right? Yeah, I definitely thought this was a conversation worth having. Um, And it's probably been over the last couple of months, like, you know, really 2023 as a whole, because it's come up on on previous like BOD live meetings as well. But uh, in the uh, private community and just in conversations that I've had, designers still seem to be kind of busy wrapping up projects or existing projects, but it's their pipeline that they're worried about. They don't know where the next projects are. The phone's not ringing as much, or those phone calls aren't leading to projects. They're getting questions that they haven't usually. Um, Mm -hmm. So I just, I thought that that was worth having because it seems to be a bit of a trend that's obviously causing some concern. Oh yeah. Okay. Definitely. This is a meaty subject. We can definitely dig into this. And the first thing I want to say about it is that you you, you don't want to treat filling the client pipeline like you treat a trip to uh, the dentist when you're in pain. It should really be part of an ongoing protocol, I guess, that you keep up in your office at all times, right? So I used to do this as well. I used to think, oh my gosh, there's a gap. I need to find a client. Quick panic, grab somebody, right? And the next person who called was going to be my client. When I figured out, it was much smarter to be strategic and be filling that client pipeline all year long with the clients I want. And that's easier said than done when you are as busy as you can possibly be, right? When you get really slammed and super busy, that's just not where your mind goes. So I'll just put that on the table as a starting point. But before we launch into the rest of the episode, Cheryl, let's get some announcements out of the way and then we'll get into it. What's going on in general at Business of Design? Well, the next event you have coming up is High Point on April 24th. Uh, You're going to be talking about salary and paying yourself first. Oh, I like this topic. And I haven't been to High Point. I guess it's been a couple of years now, maybe three years. So I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Although I must say, I was just speaking to Janine yesterday. She's been uh, she's been in Minnesota for a work event she had and her flight has been canceled several times. So she's had three extra days in Minnesota due to weather. 
so I'm hoping we're not going to experience that kind of weather on the way to North Carolina. Please don't, please don't let that happen because I will miss the event at High Point. But in any case, it's Sunday. And uh, what time is the event at, Cheryl? Do you remember? Yeah, it's going to be on the Monday. Actually, it's going to be um, <laughs> Monday, April. Don't listen to Kimberly. Um, check the website. Reach out to me. Don't listen to Kimberly. Um, it's Monday, April 24th at 11 a.m. So I know so many of our members, like, you know, within the Facebook group and everything, when are you guys come back to High Point? So it has been a little while, you know, thank you, COVID, but also our, our boss meetings tend to be April and October. Those are really busy months for us. So we're really packing those months full between our, our boss meetings and which you're going to immediately from high point. So, right. um, but I think that's, that's going to be great because so many members uh, do go to high point annually. So it's nice to be back. Yes, I'm really looking forward to it. I hope I have a little time to do some sourcing uh, before I head to Charleston to meet with the boss group. And I've actually got some additional boss group members who are going to be in Charleston. So I've got like not one boss group there, but potentially two boss groups or a portion of two two boss groups. So that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, busy plans. I kind of feel and I, I don't I don't really do a lot of traveling, but I kind of feel like I could go anywhere in the world and have somebody to like have dinner with, Isn't with that, our membership. I know. Like, that's a pretty Isn't cool feeling. <laughs> I, that's how I felt in Australia. Oh, we, you know, if we go to Melbourne, we could see this person, this person, this person. I'm going to Ireland. We have a couple of Irish members. So as soon as I know what my itinerary is, we'll reach out and say, hey, want to go for a coffee? Or I guess maybe in Ireland, you go for a pint. I don't know what you go <laughs> for in Ireland. Fish and chips, something great like that. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. Well, we do keep adding travel to your schedule and we're sending you back to Australia next year because we're going to actually be launching uh, BOD Boss Australia group. Uh, you were just there with Janine for the BOD 15 and it was an amazing group and they just sort of came together and said, we need you to bring Boss here. So that's what we're doing. And later this year, we'll be launching a BOD boss group exclusively for Australia. So that'll be launching in the fall, but we are accepting applications and all of the details, uh, whether you're applying for a regular group or our Australia group, uh, are the same details are on the website. Application process is the same. Um, but that group is coming together because obviously we, you know, started strong with all of those attendees from the BOD 15. So if you're interested, uh, check out the website or reach out if you've got any questions on that. But that'll be exciting for you. It's going to be an amazing group too, because we have architects, we have uh, partnerships that are going to be involved. So there's a really wide range of skill sets. And I always think that means more opportunity to go further and farther in your business. And I know a few of these uh, Boss Australia members already, and they run amazing, strong businesses. They're well known. So I'm really excited about that. If you are a, a BOD boss hopeful, we want to put you in a group. So please send us your applications because we are filling a North American group as yeah. well. Um, yeah. So, I mean, there's just, there's, that's a lot of fun things to look forward to. And, oh, twist my arm. I'm going back to Australia in April. <laughs> How horrible. <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited. I love it there. <laughs> and we are still waiting on details, but we will be doing a few locations in the fall for the BOD 15. We get requests about if we're going to be doing that live since we were promoting the Australia uh, sort of two day boot camp version of it. So uh, stay tuned in the next couple of weeks. We'll definitely have some um, confirmed dates and everything for that.
Right. We're talking, this would kind of be a Wednesday, Thursday, and we're looking at October for dates in Santa Monica, the DC area. And Toronto. And Toronto. Yes. We haven't done anything in Canada so long. I guess that's because for the first, you know, 10 or 15 years, that's just, that was home. And I felt like we saturated the market, but it's been a long time and we would, I'm looking forward to doing something in Toronto as well. Okay. Lots of good announcements, but lots of big questions about how the heck am I going to fill my client pipeline? Is that the gist of it, Cheryl? You're getting calls that are a little bit panicky. Yeah. So, um, Let's start there because I feel like this sort of branches off into two different areas. Uh, One being you're still getting phone calls. You're just not getting the right phone calls and getting consultations. And then the other side of it is the phone is just not ringing. So where do you want to start? (laughs) I know those are two such different problems. Let's start with the, the phone is ringing sometimes, but I'm not converting and that's clients. Again, like I found in my experience when I used to be so, so, so busy, I wasn't focused on always making sure there was the next project, the next project, the next project. And so if we weren't closing every inquiry that came in, you know, if we weren't turning those inquiries into paid consultations, I wasn't really worried about it because I was busy right now. But that becomes a big gaping hole in your schedule at some point down the road. So it is something you need to worry about. And I've said this a million times. If I had to go back in time, the very first person I would hire is someone to answer my phone because that person is going to do a much better job at sales than I am. They're not going to get bogged down by a a client inquiry that turns into asking a million decorating questions. And they're going to be focused on converting that potential customer into a customer with a paid consultation. So if you have not been paying attention to that because you haven't needed to, but you have a fear that there's going to be a hole in your pipeline coming up, now is the time to turn your attention strategically toward that. I know in our office, we probably turn 90% of phone inquiries into a paid consultation. And that's the range you're looking for. You shouldn't have, like we used to have hundreds of phone calls because I had a television show. So the phone rang a lot with people who wanted a consultation, but couldn't afford the rates. So we started putting my consultation rate on the website that helped eliminate some And we turned, we changed to the website. So it spoke more to the high-end luxury that we delivered that eliminated more. And so today my phone actually doesn't ring that often with client inquiries, but when it does, we close them and we turn them into paid consultations. So the goal is not to have a lot of phone calls. The goal is to have the right phone calls and then make sure that you're converting those people into the paid consultations. So the first thing I would do is do an assessment of how often the phone is ringing, what's happening to the people that you're talking to. And if you're the person who's answering the phone and you're not closing the sale often enough, it might be time to get someone on board who's just a salesperson who answers the phone. And I actually, Cheryl, this makes me think of uh, one of the boss groups. They actually hired uh, the same person to answer a majority of their phone calls and found that that was really helpful, that they didn't have to, then each person didn't have to train that person individually. They trained that person as a group. And I think that that's going pretty successfully, successfully for all of them. So 
So get that person answering the phone and, and a step before that would be assess how many you're converting into paid consultations. And if you're not, I know I'm not even giving Cheryl a chance to talk. I'll wrap it up by saying this. If you're not converting them to paid consultations, switch up how you're talking to the client. Something's not working. What is it? Are you not explaining your value? Are you not asking directly for the work? What's happening that you're not converting those potential customers into paid clients, really important thing to ask yourself. Well, and, and speaking of that, so um, Portia from the, the prototype is the, the company that so many of our boss members are using. She was just on the last VOD live with me and answered a lot of those questions about the benefits of having another company do your intake. So that recording is still available. If you're a member, click on the VOD live recordings in the, in the dashboard. Um, but I think you'd also be surprised um, how few clients, and I think the exercise is in, our, in the program, salary, revenue, profit, and wealth. But as part of that program, you're walked through figuring out how many projects you actually need. So not having a lot of consultations, as long as they're leading to the right projects, can still fill your pipeline, right? You don't need as many clients or projects as you necessarily think you do when you sort of hit the panic button. Such a good point. I remember uh, when I first hired my business coach and she said, you know, how many projects do you have going right now? We had something like 30 going on and I was not extremely profitable. Let me just put that right out there on the table. But what I was is extremely busy. So I said, we have about 30. And she said, how many do you want? I'm like, I don't know, more, 60, 70, 90. Because in my mind, if I just had more, then I would have profit. But the reality is it doesn't work that way. You can have one project and you could be profitable or you can have 50 and be not profitable. So it's a really good exercise for you to figure out how many projects do I need of my ideal customer, small, medium, or large, however, whatever your perfect mix is, how many do I need in order to hit my profit goal for the year? And I have found the, the stronger I've gotten in running my business, the fewer clients I need, where now I'm down to like six, seven clients max a year. In fact, I probably could do it with five and I can be extremely, extremely profitable. Well, and I find it's also when you're answering your phone or whoever is answering your phone, um, it's not just uh, it's not just important to track how they heard about you when they're calling, but which one which ones are actually converting to consultations and of those which are converting to actual projects. I get a lot of uh, inquiries because I do like website management, business development, that sort of thing. And a lot of designers want to focus on SEO and Google ranking and getting because they want more inquiries. But are those the ones that are converting? They might be the ones calling your office the most of the 10 phone calls you get in a month. Six of them might have come from SEO and Google searches. But the two projects that closed were probably referrals or might have been from a magazine that you were in. So the how did you hear about us information is sort of a multi-part <laughs> you know, okay. system that you need to actually compare that who's calling your office, but also which ones are converting to consultations? And at the end of the day, which ones are actually turning into new clients? 
Such a good point. And I found if I didn't write that down, I didn't remember. I can't remember. I, I think I'm going to remember. And that's such a good thing to do as a general rule anyway. For example, if you're doing any advertising, you might imagine that the phone is ring, ringing because you've done this advertising. But unless you drill down and ask, you don't know. And when it comes time to re-up the advertising, you might assume the phone's been ringing, so that must be working, and therefore I'll spend this money again when in fact it has been utterly useless to you. We know for sure if we ever get an inquiry from House, like for example, we pulled ourselves from House, I don't know, 10 years ago, but somehow we're still on there. I, Anyway, don't even get me started. It's one of the most annoying things in the whole world. But any inquiry that comes that way, we just don't even bother returning the call because they're just going to be asking where we bought the blue vase, you know, that's sitting on the coffee table in photo number 79 or whatever it is. So oh, and you might, um, yeah, yeah, you might assume the same thing about a TV appearance, right? Yeah. Like if you, depending on, because I actually had this conversation with a member recently, they were invited to do a, an episode and I, I'm sorry, I don't recall, um, but like, come on as a design expert uh, for a local show, but it was very DIY and giving advice on how you get a certain look for yourself. And that wasn't her brand. Right. So it was, do I go on there and present myself as sort of low budget because any, you know, any press is good press with that concept or do I turn it down because it, you know, it goes against her brand mm -hmm. and how to handle an opportunity like that? Because even though you might get exposure, the chances of that leading to the right client she knew was kind of slim. Oh my gosh. I would definitely say yes to that opportunity. And while I'm talking about how to do the DIY, I would say now, if you're like me and you don't want to do DIY and you want to hire someone to take care of all of that for you, call my office because that's what we do. My clients don't lift a finger, blah, blah, blah. You can definitely pepper your conversation with who you are while getting your foot in the door at a TV show. Because I've found if you say yes, then they're going to, and it goes well, they're going to call you for another and another, and you can eventually groom your segments to be more in line with your brand. But that's, we're totally getting off topic. I know when I do TV, the number one question is, is where did Kimberly get her glasses? Mm -hmm. uh, has she lost weight? It looks like she's lost weight. What is she doing? Like, <laughs> those are the questions that I get all the time. Having nothing to do with design. <laughs> yeah. She's not, someone tell her she's not funny. She's not funny at all. Please tell her to stop trying to make jokes because she's not funny. I get, I got that one recently. I'm like, wow, you, she really wanted to emphasize that. <laughs> Somehow I really oh. annoyed her. <laughs> oh, that surprises me. When you do like live events, it's like stand up comedy. <laughs> Oh my gosh, hilarious. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. All right. So what do you do then if the phone is not ringing? Well, I just had this conversation with somebody who runs a really mature, profitable business. And she's having this exact issue. Why is my phone not ringing? And like me, I suspect her phone doesn't need to ring very often for her to maintain her profitable business. And there are certain times of the year, I know my phone's not going to ring. It doesn't ring a lot in, you know, June, July, and August. It just doesn't. People are away at the cottage. Uh, they're just not interested in that. It never rings in November, December. I would say the busiest months are September, October, and then I would say, you know, late January, February, March, April kind of thing uh, are the busy, busy months. Um, but if your phone is not ringing because people aren't finding you, then go where your clients are. And I always say this, 
what would you be willing to do if you were a single mother with two children and you desperately needed a paycheck? How far would you be willing to go in order to get that next client? Do you know what I mean? Because a lot of us are like, well, you know, I need a new client, but my husband has a job. And in the meantime, blah, blah, blah. You hear that a lot. Don't go into it with that attitude. Go into it with the attitude that if you don't get a job, your children don't eat and then figure out what you'd be willing to do. So what would I be willing to do in that case? I'd be willing to call every past client and say, hey, checking in, what's going on? Do you have any work for me? I would be willing to host a local event at a for example, a bedding shop, I would get in touch with a beautiful linen store. Let's have a joint party where I invite past clients and they can bring a friend. Let's give them 20% off everything in the store for one night only. I'll pay for the catering and the booze. We'll liquor them up. It'll be a fun night. And at some point uh, at the beginning of the party, I'm going to say, thank you everybody for coming. Most of you are my past clients and I loved working with you. And come on, when are we going to do another project? And for those of you I don't know, uh, I'd love to work with you and uh, let's get to know each other tonight. And let me tell you the five key secrets to making the perfect bed and then promote the heck out of the product. Everybody leaves with beautiful bedding that they got a discount uh, on and you hopefully leave with a leave with a potential client or a couple of clients, but you have to be really strategic and intentional about every single opportunity that you put on the table. Well, and I think it's okay to ask for work. Oh, I think yeah. there's sort of that like shame about it. You're not good at what you do if you actually need to ask for work. I know. Yeah, I definitely had had that. I probably still do have that, if I'm honest. Um, I, it's something I've had to force myself to do. And I use humor. I'll say like, Linda, come on, our project is almost over. And you know, I can't live without you. So which one of your friends is going to be totally fun to work with? Can you hook me up with one of them? Or, and this leads to another really important thing. And I think Cheryl, you, you were just saying this the other day, what's the statistic on how much easier it is to convert a current client into doing more work with you versus grooming a brand new person? There's some statistic. It's like, yeah, now I'm going to blank on where I read it, but it costs five times as much to sell a new customer as it does an existing customer. So okay. reaching back out to those existing customers, um, you know, maybe at one point you worked with somebody that you were going to break something into phases or um, you know that especially this time of year that one of your clients also has a cottage or a seasonal property, you know, to reach back out to those existing customers to ask for more work versus following up or relying on those brand new inquiries. Such a good point. And I know uh, when COVID first started, when I finally realized it wasn't going to be the end of, you know, the end of days, I was pretty taken aback like everybody. But one of the first things I did to get the pipeline moving was to reach out to clients and say, is anybody looking for patio furniture? Because it's going to be, you know, time to, to get it. The time to get it is now. I know that we've got this pandemic happening, but I can source product for you online and get you some patio furniture. And you know what that turned out to be prescient, right? Because 
yeah, we're all going to need patio furniture starting now. And I got quite a few small jobs sourcing patio furniture that, of course, turned into much bigger jobs. So this time of year, it's Easter. If you have a client who loves to decorate her house and get it ready for Easter, send her some beautiful Easter uh, flowers or a basket. It's also Passover. So you could send something for the Seder um, and you can just also uh, remind people that patio season is around the corner. If it's later in the year that you're listening to this, decorate somebody's house for the holidays. We reach out to past clients sometimes if we know we're going to be quiet in December and say, uh, we'll reach out like in September, October and say, you know, for clients that we've loved working with, we have a service, a package uh, where we offer uh, decorating for the holidays. Would you be interested? And then you put something together for them. We've also um, recently started asking former clients if they wanted us to do some artwork selections for them because you know those clients who want to do the artwork themselves but they never get around to it a couple of them have come back recently and said I know that we were going to do it you know at the end but we never did and could you come and help us with that now and that's been that's like one of my favorite things in the whole world to do so go back to past customers invite them for a drink invite them for dinner ask them for work chances are they have some project they've been thinking about that they might pull you into. Well, and I think it's also important that these are annual things that you do. Build them into your schedule. Have an annual reminder. So if it's, you know, you need to be ordering by April, maybe your February newsletter. And if you don't do a newsletter, maybe it's just an email that goes out to your client base. Um, every single year, it's already in your calendar. You don't need to think whether you're busy or not send out that email or that newsletter about ordering patio furniture with a deadline. You know, just like for work, people work better with a with a deadline when you know you need to make a decision by a certain date and have that built in. And if that is a service that clients seem to like, or if it's landscaping, if that's a service, you know, you start early with that. But have that be part of your marketing campaign. Look ahead every single month and sort of rotate that on an annual basis. When do you reach out about holiday decorating? Take pictures when you do that holiday decorating so that you already have your content for the newsletter the following year. And then you've got those touch points. Maybe it's quarterly. Maybe there's four touch points, but be strategic that those touch points are leading to or opening the conversation to what projects you need to do. Because I know it's easy, you know, it's built right into the BOD 15 when you ask for a referral at the end of the project. But to sort of go back and do that when projects have already ended it's nice to sort of have that door opening at certain spots during the year where you're already planning to reach out. Oh yeah. I mean, we've talked about this so many times, create an editorial calendar and send out a newsletter or an email every single month or every other month that follows that editorial calendar. Here's a project we just finished. Did you know we also do boardrooms and offices? You know, that kind of quick, easy newsletter just reminds the clients that you're there and you're uh, always willing to take on more work. Such a good point. Now, what about if you are getting phone calls, but they're not the right phone calls? Yeah, then you've got to go back and look at all the touch points 
where people are finding you? What's going on on your website that's making it seem like just anybody should phone you? So for example, we we meet a lot of design professionals, not business of design members necessarily, but they say things like, I'm a luxury interior designer. And I say, great, let me look at your website. And on the website, it says DIY you know, at e-consultations, e blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, luxury people don't do those things. That's not what they do. And so there's an example of how your website is confusing the customer. You really only get one opportunity to make your point to the customer. And you, you can't make five points, really. You get to make one. Who are you? What exactly are you going to do for me? Who exactly is a right fit? So, and again, you said this off the top, you've got to be asking, where did you hear about us? Because wherever they're hearing about you, if they're not the right client, you want to make sure that's not where you're putting your effort. You know, if you're getting lots of inquiries from Instagram, but none of them are turning into projects, you're not doing the right work on Instagram, right? Change it up, make it different. I remember one of the most valuable things my first business coach taught me, and I think about it all the time, everything that's going wrong in your business everything is your fault. Everything. So if the wrong people are calling, it's not because, you know, it's their fault. It's because you're not putting yourself in the right light for people to see you and find you. And that's so liberating because if it's my fault, I can make changes. And these changes are not, not easy to make. You know, really, Cheryl, what you were saying previously is you need a system for filling the the client pipeline and a system that includes a bi-monthly newsletter that's focused on a particular editorial calendar, a system that includes constantly asking your existing clients for more business. That's the number one way I would say to fill the client pipeline. Whoever you're working with right now, ask them right this minute if they have other work. Chances are it's going really well and they're excited about whatever you're doing. Ask them, do you have a cottage? Do you have a, a, a grown child that I could you know, do a nursery for? What else is going on in your life? The office has a need for more work right now. And do you have anything that could help us fill that need? And I think it's just like asking for, you know, uh, a big number at the presentation. Um, how do you get the confidence to ask for the referrals? Oh, gosh, I, I just found that so hard. Again, I, I have to use humor. And I really do say things like, Lori, you're so much fun. You're the only one I ever want to work with again. But since you don't have another project, because I've asked her if she has another project, which one of your friends is going to be really fun to work with? And I actually got a really good project that way. She'd say, oh, I have two best friends, you know, so-and-so and so-and-so, but you don't want to work with her. You want to work with her. And I ended up doing a great project for that other person. Um, so ask, you know, just figure out how to ask. And the more you do it, the more you're going to be comfortable doing. I script everything, as you know, as I've said many times. So when I was first doing these, I, you know, these asks, I was scripting what I was going to say, and I was super nervous, and I'm sure they picked up on it. So what? So what? Who wouldn't be nervous to ask for new work? They'll forgive you for being nervous. You can even say, uh, this is so painful for me, but the you know I need a couple more jobs for 2023. Do you know anyone who's looking to do a kitchen or a bathroom? You know, And then, you know that's the other thing I want to say. If, in fact, there's going to be some sort of slowdown, which makes sense because it's been really crazy busy for the last three years. 
um, if, if there is going to be some kind of slowdown, I know in 2000, at the end of 2008, 2009, 2010, we, we had about three years, we did nothing but kitchens and baths. So think about that. Those are rooms that um, hold a lot of value. And even if clients are afraid to do the whole house top to bottom, those are rooms that they maybe are willing to do, even if things are a little bit quieter. So think about how you can uh, turn your attention toward, you know, focusing on those rooms if you need to temporarily. And is that something you would start marketing towards, like promoting that you do specifically those areas of the house in order to get phone calls on those or is that something that when your ideal clients are calling, but maybe they've got sort of um, concerns that they wouldn't a couple of years ago, um, that those are sort of ways to, to spin it. Let's focus on, on these rooms first. I like that second approach. You know, it's true. If you if you've got a client, you suspect this could be an ideal client, but they're feeling skittish. You know, they're just, you can tell that they're just not sure what you might say to them is, you know, a, this is a big uh, it's a big commitment to renovate and you're looking to find out if we're a perfect fit. I think we are. Why don't we start with the kitchen and the bathroom? Because those are rooms that bring immediate value to your home and let's see how it goes. And we can add the other rooms later. I think that's a really, really good approach and uh, that's reasonable and clients will see that that's reasonable. That makes sense. That's a good idea, Cheryl. I think um, the bottom line is this is just a challenge that's never going to go away. There's, you know, for all of us, there's, there are times in our business when we need to fill the client pipeline. If you're brand new, you need to fill the client pipeline. If you have uh, been doing it a long time, but you've been like we have in my office, turning work down at a furious pace, because I just felt like it was too much, too much, too much. So we sort of changed our parameters of what we were looking for. And we have rejected a lot of work to the point that I actually think I'm going to have a bit of a gap in my schedule for the first time in, you know, 30 years, almost 30 years anyway. Um, so uh, I was a little too aggressive about turning work is when I'm turning work away is what I'm trying to say. This too shall pass, right? If you're if you're swamped and busy and crazy and you think it's never going to end, I promise you this too shall pass. And if you have a, a lull in your client pipeline, this too shall pass, provided you're willing to do the work and, and to fill it up. Um, and we'll have more conversations like this one, you guys. Thank you so much, Cheryl. Jay, hey, I'm, I'm going to totally surprise you here. I know you're not prepared for this, but you do know we like to end every episode with design intervention. Is there anything that comes to mind recently that you've heard or recommitted to uh, that might be a good tidbit to end the show on? Oh, no. <laughs> well, well, while I'm thinking on that, what I was going to jump in on, um, and I mean, it's good advice, but um, <laughs> our next BOD live is coming up on April 19th. And I think this will be a big focus of that conversation. So we thought this would be great to sort of start that conversation, try out some of the advice that you've heard here. And then we would love for some of our members to weigh in on April 19th. Um, because hearing that you're not alone, I think a lot of, uh, even some of the members who have called to book one-on-one -on -one coaching with you when they say that this is the the conversation that they want to have, and I let them know that we're hearing this a lot, it's not just you, um, gives them comfort to know, like, it's not something I'm doing wrong. Um, 
it's not just me and it's sort of, you know, a trend that we have to get through and it'll come back, but my ideal clients are still out there. Oh my gosh. So that reminds me of, um, what is it? An acronym Q-tip quit taking personally. So that could be our design intervention for today. Remember Q-tip quit taking it personally. It's not about you. It's just what's happening right now. it's what's happening. It's not, it's not my business. I'm not, you know, I'm not failing. I'm not doing something wrong in some way. Um, especially if what you've been doing has been working out great for you for the next three years, you don't have to completely reinvent the wheel to get through the next six months. Um, but to add to what you were saying have been turned down business and might have a gap. Um, it's also okay when you're busy to say like, I would love to work with you, but I can't onboard you until September or October, like keep it. And maybe they'll find somebody else in that time, but maybe you call three months later and say like, we're ready to start the process because that gap opened up and they're, they're ready to move forward with their project. So stay in touch with, with everybody who, who calls, who's that potential client, whether they end up being a referral or that new client that doesn't start for a while. You are so right about that. We tried to get into a restaurant the other day and it's like, there's a waiting list of three months. Does that make me not want to go to the restaurant? Oh my gosh. <laughs> that makes me put on my calendar to call the restaurant this day, yeah. this day, this day until I get my reservation, right? Yeah. So being busy is a, is an aphrodisiac to clients. Yeah. Don't worry about telling the clients that you're busy. That's really good. And speaking of being busy, April 19th, potentially I will, I'm not sure if I'll be there. I I got selected for jury duty on April 18th. Oh yeah. You just told me that. Okay. Yes. And, <laughs> ha- and I have a city line appearance appearance on April day. 20th. And then oh. I have, I'm flying to high point the day after that. So if I do get selected for a jury, I guess I, I don't know what happens, but <laughs> I don't know. I'm not thinking about it. I'm just going to, I'm going to do my civic duty and show up and see what happens. Ironically, I got selected for jury duty in Santa Monica as well. And I completely oh. missed it. I didn't even get the notification that was in the mail when I got there. And I'm like, oops, I missed it. So I don't know. Does that mean I, will I be arrested? I don't know what happens. So Oh dear, jury duty just seems to be in the air for me these days. So wish me luck on April 18th that I get excused this time. I do believe it's my civic duty to do it, but just not right now. Please not right now. (laughs) (laughs) Not when you're so busy. Yeah, exactly. You got a a plane to catch. I got a plane to catch. Yeah, I'll bring my plane ticket and say, please. All right, Cheryl, thank you so much. Great conversation. Okay, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening and supporting the BOD mission to improve the industry one design business at a time. If you're ready to implement an exact business model for running a streamlined, profitable business, field tested by thousands of design professionals around the world, head to businessofdesign.com and get started today. It's time to dramatically improve your business and transform your life. 